everyone, welcome to the sanctuary, a safe space to speak from the heart. I'm your host, Israel, and my guest today is Nicole Machant, a dietitian. And you know what? I remember seeing your um there was a, a post on your LinkedIn, and I was like, oh wait, I don't even think of food that way. So let's kind of rewind. How did you get into doing what you do? Um, like how did that all start? Mm-hmm. Well, I heard about the profession when I was younger. Um, I was probably, um, I don't know, in my mid-teens, I would say. So like heading into high school, I had actually heard about or I learned about the profession uh, because I had some digestive issues in my mid-teens. So uh, I was, uh, I went to a dietitian, And really, I that was, that was the start of it for me. I automatically wanted to do that for a living. And I had went through high school doing my best because I knew exactly what I was going to do. And then I went to the university that I wanted to do uh, to go to for it. And I worked really hard. And um, as soon as I graduated, well, I shouldn't say as soon as I graduated, because after university, I took a couple years off. Mm-hmm. Um, I just needed a break from everything. Mm-hmm. And then uh then I registered as a dietitian, and that was in 2012. And mm. I've been a registered dietitian uh, for 11 years now, I suppose. If that, if wow, that, right, I guess. that is a long, <laughs> nine long, years, long nine time. Years. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> so, so um, I guess let you know. Let's still stay on that train. What were some of the things you had to learn in school and? Uh, how important are those in what you're doing now? Well, university was specific for what I wanted to do. So you go in typically with the expectation to become a registered dietitian, but not always. You can also go into food research. You can go into uh, advertising or you could go into uh, science and, and research and literature on the topic of nutrition or food or whatever it is. Uh, there's a lot to it, but uh, for me, it was definitely going right into becoming a registered dietitian. And in school, um, it is a, uh, a Bachelor of Science in Applied Human Nutrition is the actual name of the course, and it was a four-year program. And uh, the most important aspect of it was chemistry, because nutrition in our bodies is biochemistry yeah i can't you don't like chemistry. Biochemistry. <laughs> no although i like when they make you mix chemicals and the colors change that's always nice yeah yeah so titrations most likely in in that case yeah. um but yeah uh, it's it's very heavy in in terms of science and chemistry what was really interesting was that we got to take electives so i think that the electives really gave me uh the extras that i could do to Uh, propel me in the right direction, if you will. So I took psychology courses, I took business courses, I took some women's studies. I just think it was, I was able to take some courses that well-rounded the science background to make it a little Mm. bit more social as opposed to like, this is what you're supposed to do. Because that's, (laughs) because humans were, were, were complex and and yep. we don't work in a sense of this is what you're supposed to do because uh, mm. because who likes to be told what they're supposed to do? I mean, that's pretty clear. Uh, so the well-roundedness of the program, I think, for me was really helpful just mm. uh, in terms of getting everything that I felt that I needed at the time uh, to 
to become a registered dietitian. The other side of that as well was that uh, in the program, especially year three and four, most of the research that we did was what we wanted to do. So I was and still am heavily into uh, local foods, seasonal foods, mindful eating, all those things I think that were a little bit more rare a decade ago than they are now. So the trendy things and all the talk about fads and all that, I was always really interested in that kind of stuff. So I think because it was such a self-directed couple of years, I was able to say, you know what, this is actually a really interesting area of research. And I kind of stuck to that as, uh, as I move forward and still am interested in, and those kind of more strange, more abnormal uh, areas in the field, essentially. Mm, mm, mm. Um, and so, you know, you finish school, you get all this knowledge, uh, and then you took that break. What now spurred you on to start Eat Well? It was Halifax first, then it was, Nova Scotia. Yeah. yeah, it was. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I started consulting in 2013. So that was like, uh, knowing that I was going to become registered, I never had any interest in working for or under somebody. And the reason for that is because there's always, there's a lot of policies and drama involved when you work for uh, the medical system in and itself. You're under it, you're under their schema of nutrition and health. And I just don't fit in personally with what they're offering. Uh, so it was very important for me to do my own thing. Uh, I had worked for a little market in Halifax for a quite a long time. And uh, they allowed me to actually start consulting out of the store and oh. in the office. So that was the beginning. And then uh, a couple years later, I uh, joined a wellness team in Halifax. And I've been on board with them since 2015. So um, mm. six years now, I've been with that crew and a fantastic place, workplace uh, space for my office. It was uh, around 2000. 18 probably that I expanded from Ewell Halifax to Ewell Nova Scotia mm -hmm. because I took the the mindset that people across Canada uh, not across Canada and and across Canada but people across Nova Scotia really do need some help mm -hmm. uh, we all need some help in, in, in communities need help not just individual people but everyone across our province is is it's a really scary place to be in terms of health uh, we are actually leading in most healthcare concerns, if not oh, wow. second behind something, someplace, someplace behind uh, Newfoundland or Nunavut in some manners. But you know, in saying that, we are top three for cancers, arthritis, diabetes, everything, metabolic mm. syndrome. All of, we are we're right at the top of the list. For most of these mm. things so what's going on across our province so that's why i expanded to Nova scotia yeah i didn't know that but like what do you think mm. is the reason behind that oh, like that's why we question. rank so high mm. okay <laughs> so a lot of <laughs> some of some of my answers are going to be factual and some of them are going to be what i think so mm -hmm. just to keep that in mind that not all of this is is necessarily the case mm -hmm. factual ones would be that Nova Scotia is spread apart and it's community driven. So you drive a long time to get to each individual community outside of Halifax being the only city and it being condensed. Everything else in Nova Scotia is spread out and you need resources 
across our province to do anything to to go to the grocery store we've got a lot of food deserts we have a lot of poverty in nova scotia what are food deserts food deserts are areas where there are no there's no access to food and healthy food so for for many people their only space to get food is at a convenience store or they have to drive 20 minutes to get to a grocery store, or they have no markets around. Food deserts are like, for example, Gladigen Street in a downtown Halifax is a food desert. Where do you go get groceries if you live on Gladigen Street? Yeah, you actually have to go to the Sobeys down in, yeah. That is actually true. <laughs> yes. So, so automatically within a city in Halifax, there is a disadvantage for people to eat healthy. Because they do not have access to healthy food. There's there's a couple markets around. There's the, there's some marts like what is it TT's Mart or TJ's Mart, I believe. But there's not really much, and that's that's within Halifax. You can imagine that within the city, mm. as giving such a strong example. Imagine outside of the city that food deserts are just they're rampant all mm-hmm. across. Cape Breton is its own food desert. They like. In itself, right? Like a lot of the places in Cape Breton, they have co-ops as their option for grocery stores and they're just not having access to the healthiest food possible. Um, mm. Again, poverty is the reason why we see so much illness because, you know, it is it is expensive to eat well because pop and chips are $1.99 and healthy food is more than that, <laughs> essentially. Um, it's just pretty clear. It's clear. It, you know, there's a lot of resources that we're lacking here in Nova Scotia. Mm. Um, some other things, we just don't have community incentives the way that we really should uh, in terms of uh, connecting everyone to health. It's getting better. It's getting better, but I, I, the NSHA is not, they're not strong in preventing illness at all. And mm. And, uh, and communities don't have access to resources that they should, the level of resources that they should, in order to prevent illness by living a healthy lifestyle. It's getting better, and I definitely do want to make that clear, but it's still not very good, especially here in little old Nova Scotia, um, mm. kind of the bottom of our giant um, country. Mm. Another thing I think is pollution. We are getting pollution coming up from the states. We're getting pollution in uh, in the water. Uh, we do a lot of spraying in, of our forests um, with uh, herbicides, of course. That's a huge concern here in Nova Scotia. We have a big agricultural uh, center, of course, Annapolis Valley. Lots of spray going on there, so lots of pollution there as well. There's a lot of concerns. <laughs> mm, mm, yeah. Well, I guess, you know, when you're just like leaving and you don't pay attention to those things, 100%. you don't, it doesn't make sense until someone mentions it. I'm like, I, I, I'm making a documentary on document uh, a documentary on Godigen Street. And like, that didn't even occur to me. Cause like, you know, you have like the donut shops and like, the, sure you but do. like, there's no grocery store. Like there's I, two I donut shops. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Which so, is great, so, but <laughs> I love so donuts. You, did, you didn't want to, um, you know, kind of be in the system. Yeah. Then, and then when you started the, uh, your your consultation in that food market, did it? Did you have that name? Eat well or no? Okay. Nope. I was just 
under my name more, more than anything at that point, just getting started. Geez, I didn't have a website. I didn't have anything. I wasn't even on Facebook. I, I joined Facebook in 2015, and that was so that I could get a profile on Facebook to become part of social media. It really wasn't something that I did back when I was younger, and it was not something that I was interested in, but you can't be, you can, don't get me wrong, you, you can, but, but to be successful in a small community such as in Nova Scotia, you do need to um, be present, and social media would have been a big part of that so in 2015 mm. not only did I develop Ewell Halifax but I also had gone online at that point as well mm. yeah so um and then he, he, he what was the process of setting Ewell Halifax up and then the process of converting it to Ewell Nova Scotia what was the process mm -hmm. or did you say what the what was the point or what was the process sorry process not much. I I had a web designer, and uh, I had a web designer. I had a she, this person like didn't branding, but they just did uh, like the label of like Eat Well Halifax. So I had actually just contacted that person and said, you know, is there any way you can just take that exact same name and make it into Eat Well Nova Scotia or Eat Well NS is typically what it's called, and uh, that was not an issue at all. And then my website, I had just branded a little bit more by changing my colors and making it a little bit more specific to this is my brand as opposed to just being Eat Well Halifax. So mm -hmm. when I had made the transition to Eat Well Nova Scotia, I had actually did more of a rebranding as well, like as the time had gone on. Uh, mm -hmm. It's actually really easy to be a consultant because all you need is Zoom or a phone, and you need knowledge, and you need to advertise yourself that I'm available or that you're available to do work. Whether you're a contractor for whether you paint, if you do carpentry, you need your you need your skills, you need your your work set, and, and you need to go advertise and you go paint houses. And you need to make invoices for people and give them receipt of payments. It's It was not really anything that was a whole lot of work. I think it's easier to do it than people think that it is. The hard part is getting clients consistently because you need to be constantly – it's it's your job to get clients. That's what you do for a living. People don't come to you. You don't sit around all day and someone gives you a call. You work hard to keep your business running forward, moving mm. forward. So it wasn't really in the rebranding that was the issue. Uh, or the process wasn't the issue. It's constantly making sure that you're that you're taking in clients for sure, absolutely. And w what are some things you do to get your clients coming in? Uh, definitely social media is a big one, of course. Uh, I'm not super in social media in terms of like I see some people who are posting constantly. Uh, I'm actually taking my master's right now, so uh, between oh. my master's and and my business, uh, social media is definitely on the bottom of my priority list, but I love it. It's so much fun. I get to share information. I love um, making things on Canva, and I, I love sharing information to the public. I love it. Not that a fan of Canva? <laughs> no, that's like, it's not that I'm not a fan, but um, I've used it, I've used it, I don't know, a couple of times. But it's like, I, I sometimes get lost. I guess, you know, mm. it's just how my brain works. Like, if there's just so many things, I freeze. Like, what the, what? There's just so many options there. Like, give me two or three things, then, you know, I'll find my... But when it's like 10, 20, you know, I, I just keep scrolling and scrolling. And it takes forever to make it. Sometimes, like, if I want to make something, I'm just going to be like, the very first thing that I'm like, this is it, that's it. I don't even scroll I down. Agree. 
like mm-hmm. canva yeah. has so many options and that's cool for some people but just how my personality is like i, mm-hmm. I like you know the less the better for me totally yeah for sure i keep it pretty simple like i'm certainly no um designer and i'm not very creative in any manner so i do keep it simple i think really for me what it what's exciting about social media is getting to share information to a lot of people and hoping that people are interested in what I'm saying, but also making sure that what I'm giving are what people are looking for. So staying ahead of trans, uh, trends and, and fads and making sure that, um, that what I'm offering are going is going to be helpful for people and not just a, not adding to the confusion of the information that's already available on the internet is a confusing world. If you're looking to try to take mm-hmm. care of yourself, the internet is the worst place to go to, which is, you know, <laughs> in, which is really interesting because, you know, we, that shouldn't be how it is, of course, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, you mentioned social media and like, especially lately in the last couple of years, I'd say, um, body positivity is like, front and center 100 uh, mm-hmm. and then do you think like do you ever have people misconstrue what you do as like against body positivity <laughs> yes absolutely for sure um oh my uh i want to be so careful what i'm seeing here you know when it comes to illness chronic illness i'm gonna i chronic illness, when it comes to chronic illness, not just illness, but there, there's a huge variety of factors that are at play. Many, 10 plus factors are at play. And that's like, that's if I keep it simple, because then you can get into the little nitty gritties of each factor in its own. So it's kind of like an umbrella. When we think of our body size, sometimes it absolutely has a role in the onset and progression of chronic illness. It doesn't always. It doesn't for every single person. It depends on a lot of things. It's not just dependent on, if I look at somebody and say that person is of this size, they're at an increased increased risk of illness. That is not true. But it's also not true to say there is no link between your body size and illness. So there, it's, it's almost like a, pull and push in that Mm. area you can't say that body size has nothing to do with it Mm. but you can also you have to be so careful that if somebody came to me about illness to be very clear i don't even think we talk about weight unless this person really wants to talk about weight which is fine but usually like it's not even part of my health history i don't even talk about weight in my health history they don't they're not even asked what their weight is but it doesn't mean that it doesn't have some kind of a role in some way for many people it, it i would be lying if i said that that was the case right but there's a lot more to it than that i'll give an example there is there was a study done recently of now this is this is a little bit more convoluted because this is is talking about some of the risk factors to type two diabetes. One of them is actually to- toxins or, um, or I, I say the word toxins, but um, toxins that live in our fat cells. So for example, we come into contact with PCBs every single day. We've come into contact with plastics. We breathe in pollutants. 
a lot of the fat soluble pollutants do have a role in the onset of illness over time constant exposure to toxins do have a role in the onset of type 2 diabetes so in this particular study the question was if the onset of type 2 diabetes was it related more to obesity or was it related more to the uh, the toxins that accumulate and cause damage to our cells for example I have to be so careful in how I word things but um, so what had happened was that there was this place in the world where type 2 diabetes was on the rise but obesity wasn't on the rise. Oh. So then the question was, well, how come these people over in North America who are who are obese are having have onset of type two diabetes? But then you automatically think, okay, type two diabetes related to obesity. But then in the study, they went over to this country who was seeing a increased uh, rate of type two diabetes onset, but they were discovering that there there was no change in weight. But what they also discovered was that this was a town that um, that was just developing and becoming a lot more um, affluent. So there were more factories, there was more pollutants. So they tested the blood of the people who were in this uh, area for toxins and um, and and uh, serum levels and urine levels of toxins, and they were actually very very high in certain levels of toxins. Um, and the question was, was it the is it the pollution and the toxin buildup in their bodies that is actually related to the onset of type two diabetes and not obesity? Mm-hmm. Then they also found that the people over here uh, also had high levels of toxins too. Uh, who were obese and had type 2 diabetes. So that's where I'm making that link between North America and this country. And then it was discovered, wait a minute, there's something in between obesity and type 2 diabetes. And it could be one of 10 to 20 different things, including the accumulation of toxins in our cells that are Mm -hmm. causing damage, for example. So that's an example as to where Although there is a play of obesity, it's strictly not related to type 2 diabetes unless there are other factors at play too, mm. for example. And I, and I think the whole thing, especially with social media, is that people throw blanket statements. If you're this, they it's because of do. this. But there are nuances, right? Yes, exactly. Yep, and it, it's confusing when you're sitting there and researching and things are being thrown at you. Don't do this, do that. That's important. That's not important. It's it's confusing to every single person, probably, who's wanting to make changes but not sure where to start mm. or is wondering, you know, does this matter or does that matter? It's very, very, very hard to to figure out what to do when mm. when we're seeing consistent just that's good, that's bad, this is this is black, that's white. It's everything is is a yes or no as opposed mm. to what about everything together where everything plays a role in our health, not just this, not just that, right? So yeah, yeah. Know, I still get, yeah. is, is coconut oil good for me? Like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I spend my whole life trying to tell people that it's a huge convoluted uh, yeah. problem. Coconut oil is not going to solve nor cause problems. It's just the reality. So so let's just get into the nitty gritty then. I, I see your website. I'm like, okay, you know, because you kind of have a list of things that are you, you know, like IBS and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, uh, you know, I, I place a call. I want to come in. What happens from there? 
So I usually offer a free 15-minute phone call, and that's just to make sure that my services are appropriate for the person or for the situation. Would your service not, like, in what type of situation wouldn't be it be appropriate? Would my services not be appropriate? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a very, I've, I've got a personality, and, <laughs> and, and we need to match personalities. That's pretty clear, I think. Yeah. Uh, the, the potential client would need to be open-minded to options that are outside of uh, the black and white medical model that we have. That's mm -hmm. not everyone. As soon as I say things like supplements, that can, that can block somebody right away to my mm. services, of course. Um, which is, you know, you need to match with somebody, you need to blend with somebody, you need to, it needs yeah, to make sense. Like, it's, it's back and forth. It's not just me or just them. It's, you know, do we, do we, is our conversation fun and exciting and, <laughs> you know? I didn't yeah. know supplements was like uh, a deal breaker for some people. I thought, you know, it's just it's an example for sure. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so you know, we have the fifteen minute call and like you know, our personalities merge, mm. uh, mesh, and then what? Uh, then we'll book in for an initial, and most of the time my consults are on Zoom or by phone or in person uh, at my office in Halifax. Just one day we go out for in person consults. And uh, the first is 60 to 75 minutes because for about 30 to 40 minutes, we're going to fill out a uh, initial consultation form or health history form. And in filling how, that how out... How huge is the form? It's not that long, except for that we get into conversation during oh, filling out the form. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we talk. like we, it's, it's building a story because, because uh, health is so complex. I need a story. What happened here? Why did that happen? Did that happen with that? Um, <laughs> you know, what do you do now? What did you do back then? Mm. Uh, it's, it's, it's complex. So one thing you're never going to get out of the black and white medical model is time with your healthcare professional. They don't learn way. much about you. They, they, they don't ask anything about you. So you don't go into a 15-minute conversation <laughs> with a physician and they're talk you guys are talking about uh, your lifestyle or how much you exercise. Uh, it's not talked about. Definitely not. Okay, well, yeah. So it's it's more like, okay, this is probably what is wrong with you. and Here's this. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, It's so the, 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 the process of our medical model is um, it's a diagnosis to treatment lineage this is what you have this is how you're treated that's it mm. that's what our and, and uh in, in my services it's nothing like that at all in mm. fact we may take five or six different approaches or or take one line that kind of branches off into something else depending on uh what's really going on and what's working and what's not working there's nothing there's no there's no black and white answer to chronic illness that's why it's mm. called chronic it's 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 chronic it's chronic and it's complex right it's not mm. It doesn't work. There's not a situation where a pharmaceutical or five worked for chronic illness. There's it doesn't exist. Mm, mm. Wow, wow. Okay, so um, you know you fill in the form. Then what? Um, then we build our plan. This is what's happening. Usually, I'll say, you know what, this or this or this may work. I'll tell them a little bit about it, and then we'll make a decision on to which one we would like to do or or which prop possible plan that we'd like to do. For some folks, they're going to go right into a plan and they're going to nail the plan and we're going to go step by step by step. Then you have the other percentage of the population who are like, oh, let's just start with one thing. Okay, what do you want to start? Let's start with changing breakfast. 
Let's start with exercise. Let's start with water intake. Let's start with making your own meals. Let's start somewhere. Where do you want to start? So depending on the person, we're going to just go right forward and everything's going to change in their cupboards and their fridge the next day. And then you have those who are like, let's just, you know, take it moment by moment and day by day. And I think that either way is absolutely perfect. Um, mm. One is more, one takes longer. Of course mm. it does. But the other one is drastic. And that's really hard to do for a huge percentage of us to just make drastic lifestyle changes overnight. It's it's almost impossible for most human beings to fathom doing something like that. So the options mm-hmm. have to be there in order for people to be successful because uh, it's the last thing that I want to do is cause more stress and anxiety to somebody who's already likely dealing with it due to their chronic illness or mm-hmm. potential onset of a chronic illness. So... Wow. There's so much care involved. <laughs> it's so it's confusing, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, why, I guess, you know, why do you care so much to put in all that effort when, like, you know, the medical is like, okay, this isn't that, and thank you, go and take this pill, goodbye. Why do I care so much? Mm-hmm. Um, it affects people who I know personally it affects everyone in our society in our communities every Mm. single person in some manner whether it's directly or indirectly is is affected by a failing medical system that's why Mm. that's why I care in fact I care drastically that these companies are multi-billion dollar companies while our society is hurting drastically I care very much Mm. absolutely I don't know why I care. I guess I just do. I, I very much so. Yeah, no, no. And, you know, just the passion in your voice when you're talking about it and you're just kind of describing what you do. I'm like, when you're actually doing it, you know, you just turn it up to 11. <laughs> so, so um, I, I'm the I'm the one is like okay, cool. We're throwing everything out and getting new things, like uh, uh like is is that you know the consultation is done and everything, or or is it kind of ongoing? The programs like, I run. You? Yeah, the programs I run are typically three to five consults long, with the ability to check in. Uh, as they'd like. So it could be, you know, somebody may say, I'm going to check in every third month just to reiterate, to have questions, to make sure everything's going well. People are going to step back. You're going to take, not only are you going to take time where you're not eating healthy because we're human beings, you're also going to see relapses in not only your daily activity and your daily lifestyle, but you're going to see relapses in your symptoms as well uh, because we're human and because that's what happens. So mm-hmm. uh, so typically what will happen is that somebody could be doing well for two years and then they'll come back and say, oh, you know, I fell back into this. I'm really feeling horrible. Let's either restart or where can we start now where you're going to likely have a different starting point than if it were two years ago mm-hmm. because you already know all the basics. Now you just have to get back onto it. Uh, there's that, I guess. Um, I don't know. I don't even remember what your question was. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, so, uh, like, I guess, um, I, I throw out all my old, whatever I was eating yes. and then I get this new thing and then we're on this process <laughs> and, you know, you give me these five sessions, I'm checking in yes. and stuff. Oh, yes. Um, like, how do I... I guess, how do I 
how do I quantify the change or the positive, you know, mm. the net positive change in my life over the course of these five consults? There's a few different ways I'll do that. First of all, the health history in itself is a lot of symptoms. So we talk a lot about what's happening at this time. When we meet every single time, I go back either to the original symptoms or to the progressed symptoms. So let's just say that I meet somebody and I said, they said, I have bloating every single day. Then one month down the road, we meet for the second time. You know, last time we talked, you had bloating every single day. Can you tell oh. me how it's changed? And then they may, we may do it in that way. Uh, for those to go on the, uh, what I would say is the most strict plan, which is an elimination diet detoxification plan that moves into a lifestyle plan. Uh, we actually do a medical symptom questionnaire where they're where they're quantifying their symptoms and then the changes of the symptoms uh, in terms of severity and, and uh, occurrence and how often it happens. They're changing. Yeah. So yeah. maybe. Yeah. So yeah, like when I came in, I used to my tummy used to hold five over. 10 or 10 yep. over 10 yes, and now it's correct. like 6 over 10 that's right and now it's 2 over 10 then i know it's working right yes or not but, working but like uh, <laughs> but like do you you know ever get situations where it's working 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 and then it doesn't work anymore? all the time or, mm -hmm. yeah yeah so what, what happens in in that situation well a lot of things could happen in that situation maybe they completely fell off the plan that's a big one. <laughs> Happens all the time. We're I, we're human. I cannot I cannot separate that what we're going to do in our day to day life is is related to the fact that we are human. One of the mm. reasons that the medical model works in the sense of people going to it is that it's easy. Here's your pharmaceutical. Take it every single day. That <laughs> is much easier than every single day. You need to watch what you eat. That is a tough thing to do your whole life you know it's easier to prevent chronic illness than it is to treat it and that's a very important thing to keep in mind when we're moving about our day-to-day -day life okay um, so yeah i was gonna Go like other reasons why why they may take those step backs are illnesses they get a virus uh they may end up actually being sick maybe they get an injury so they can't be physically active anymore maybe a family member passes away so now they have all this stress and sadness and their emotions have changed drastically mm. maybe they moved so now they're in a whole different community and they have to rebuild a full routine there's mm. a many reasons why people take a step back absolutely mm -hmm. of course so you mentioned prevention is better than the reverse absolutely uh what are some things that people can you know listening watching can do to prevent getting you know to the chronic state like some basic things yeah so basic things would be uh your diet uh eating less processed food and more whole food making sure that your meal options are colorful and fibrous and whole foods and satiating and lots of fats and say healthy fat but i don't like that term uh and herbs and spices and vinegars and citrus and just flavor and abundance in your meals that's an excellent way to treat your body well as abundance in your food options as opposed to bland boring starchy there's so much more to food than that in fact food should be celebrated not restricted and you don't want to torment yourself with the food that you're taking in another basic way of preventing illness is moving your body.
go outside. Like you can do, no matter who you are, there's some way you can move your body. If you only have access to moving your upper body, there's lots of different ways you can move your upper body. You can lift weights. Uh, you can do chair or seated yoga moves. There's no lack of ways to move your body and you've got to find something that works for your situation. Um, that's another one. And then staying hydrated is another one. Water, water, water. Cannot stress the importance of drinking water. Those are it's sleep. Taking care of your sleep, sleep routine. Going to bed at a decent time. Mm. Quality sleep is important. Those things yeah. are, to me, basic. But they're not basic. They just sound basic. But. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I mean, I want to stay up and watch TV. <laughs> I know that, but so do we. Okay. We all so, do. So so um you know uh with the with the program you do um when a person gets to say i want to lose weight for myself not for anyone else you know i come through start the program and then i get to the weight i wanted to get to is that it like are we done you know like like is 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 it a relationship that has like a end date or is it like an ongoing thing I have plenty of people who I've been seeing for a very long time. Absolutely. Mm, mm. I mean, I'm not one to push. I'm not going to message everyone and say, hey, I haven't seen you in six months. <laughs> I think as an adult, we have a responsibility to take care of ourselves. And mm. I'm always going to be at the other end of an email or a phone call. That's I'm never not going to be. That's what I do for a living. In fact, it's my passion to do it. I'm not yeah. going to push or tell anyone they have to meet me again. They don't want to work with me. That's fine. Mm. But we have to take control of our own health. It's, it's clear. And we do have the ability to do so for the most part, mm -hmm. for most of us. And um, some of the relationships I've developed with clients has have been ongoing for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Some of them aren't. I, I have no control over that. Um, yeah. But I do my best to make sure that whoever's on the end of the line in some manner knows that I will always be a resource if they're interested in, in having me as part of their healthcare team, whether it's today or five years down the road. I hope that I'm doing this forever, in fact. So <laughs> absolutely, yeah. That is, that is, that is really super cool. Um, you know, when you find something you love doing and you're pretty good at it, it just, it, I mean, it's work, but it's, it's yeah. fun at the same time. Exactly. And in your case, you are literally saving lives, you know, like literally. So that, that is really, really cool. Um, Nicole, I'm really excited and happy you're giving me your time. But before uh, you go, what are two things you think like just in general people should do when it comes to eating well? It's hard to give two. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, increase your vegetable intake. Oh, Absolutely. Jesus. Increase your vegetable intake. Every single day we should be eating vegetables oh, in, some, okay. in some format. Mm -hmm. You know, that's such old school nutrition to say to eat more vegetables, but it's so true. <laughs> you know what? Of all of the crazy fads and trends that have lasted in our society for the last 60 years, the only thing that started and remains true to this day is eat vegetables. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. You can't even probably give me another example of something that continuously remains true every single time a new guide comes out or research comes out. That's the only thing that I say is eat more vegetables. The other thing is don't be hard on yourself. Don't be hard on yourself. Restriction and 
And not allowing yourself to enjoy food is the enemy for us as human beings. Food is meant to be something that we love and that we look forward to. And the more that we restrict, the hungrier we are. That is, it's a clear lineage consideration is if you starve yourself or you restrict yourself, the hungrier you are for everything, Mm -hmm. cravings, all foods, you are going to completely destroy your life if all that you think about is food because of the restriction that can come with it at some times. So my two words of it, my two pieces of advice are eat more vegetables and love food. It's part of our culture. It has always been. It's part of our celebrations. It's part of our life. We do not have any choice but to eat. So love it. Learn to love it and learn to just be open to everything and trying new things and no reason to restrict it. It's going to, you're going to end up way worse off than if you don't. Mm. Guaranteed. Okay. I need to eat my veggies. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Nicole. Um, you didn't want that to be the answer for some reason. So. <laughs> I was like, you know, I don't know. She's going to say anything know. else. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I'm yeah, going to have you. you come on because, you know, just now, literally at the end of the show, um, the fasting, for some reason, fasting is a fad that's new now. And I'm, I'm curious about it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm guessing with your, with your experience and with your knowledge, you will have a better knowledge of talking about that. So it would be great to have you come back and, and, and we'll talk about fasting. Absolutely. Okay. Great. Mm-hmm. I'll send an invite. Thank Please you do. so much. And thank you so much. I can't wait to have you back. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for thinking of me when you were doing these interviews. I had a, I had a blast today, so I would Sweet. love to come back. For oh, sure. one last thing. Now. Where do people check you out? So Eat Well Nova Scotia is my website and it's my uh, Instagram and Facebook, I believe, is still Eat Well Halifax. Or you could just use my name, Nicole Marchand, and probably any of those, you'll end up uh, coming up with my name in some way. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Israel.